Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm playing Hades on Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> also, I'm Christian. <laughs> Hades is good. Uh, that's that's the Shades of Brown uh, take of the week. Is Hades a good video game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, the thing about Hades is, unlike shitty Overwatch, we can actually support it. Actually, I don't know. For, uh, F- Fulbright Studios got exposed. For all I fucking know, Supergiant could be a hot mess. If, I, if future people listening not. to I this, mean, if Supergiant <laughs> is bad, then like I, I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm all games I'm are bad. Be, <laughs> I, I just like I'm gonna become like I'm gonna become like the Jimquisition and just be like fuck video games. So we're gonna start off. Uh, I guess it's like we've been. It's been a while since we since we had a episode. Yeah, we got some. We got some hard tech news. We got some. Got some stuff to catch up on for sure. Uh, we're gonna start with the Google Pixel Six. Uh, it was announced, right? Like they, they they gave some hardware to specific people to play with for like an hour or whatever. I think like Dieter Bone over at the, the Verge got to got to like ask some limited amount of very limited amount of questions about it. Uh, so we have a we have a new design, right? Uh, how are you feeling about this? Design. So I, I, the way they describe, I mean, there's going to be articles with pictures in them, so uh, you can look at them. But there's a big, like, black bumper band on on the back where the where the camera the camera sen- the sensors are, like the camera. There's multiple camera sensors and the flash. Uh, how are you feeling about this? Like w- the way I would describe this is, I'm pretty sure Matthias Duarte like finally realized the 60s are over. Went to like Woodstock, took a little last bit of LSD, and now is living in the seventies, right? Like, like it doesn't it seem like some like seventies inspired yeah, era does, shit? Like, especially it's the, like some like neo futuristic, like the white, the white. Oh, what is, is that white? Is that like uh, like it's like beige it's like a cream. cream? It's like a cream. Oh, it's like cream. Like it's it's literally the same color that like if you if you like went to a house that was built in the seventies and you like looked at the original paint or the wallpaper on it right that'd be like the base color for it and not to say it's a bad design but it's like it's the phone is very specific in its look and i don't mean that to be vague but it's going for this angled like pastel color design yeah the pastel color designs are interesting i i kind of like it like i like the pink one right like the pink and red like i love like how they're like alternate like the change colors but like there's a darker color and a lighter color between the between the ba- between the camera band right like two different colors which is an interesting choice uh to have i uh it makes the phone like a little it seems like a little bit of a ice cream bar i don't know like a little bit of a right right like like the 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 camera bumps like a visor on it right you know it's sort of like uh like you remember the the i don't know you don't read that much comics but i'm pretty sure you've seen cyclops before right from x-men like cyclops from x-men in the 90s version with like the thick visor like it's it's very i don't know if it's bad i i think this is one of the ones that i need to see in person right like the lighting here is doing a lot like i need to see what sunlight sunlight does to the colors of it the lighting here is doing it for sure i mean the the, the yeah the product photography here is it makes it seem good so how it actually looks obviously like or how it looks in like person day to day is is going to be it's going to be different uh there is a new soc uh in this, and this is the most interesting part about this phone, right? Is the it's going to have the new Google quote Whitechapel. Uh, well, Whitechapel is a ch- the code name. Tensor is the official name. Tensor is the yeah. Tensor is the official name. Whitechapel is, I guess, yes, yeah, the code name. So Google is 
not using a Qualcomm chip in a Pixel phone for the first time, right? Uh, like for, for the main SSC, I mean, uh, and it is like, well, uh, yeah, if we go back to like the ice cream sandwich days, they use those TI processors, um, or Texas instruments, as you say, cause TI is, TI is a bad person. <laughs> Fuck TI, but the Texas instrument, like OMAP processors, if you remember those. Yeah. Galaxy Nexus. Oh, right. I forgot about that. The Nexus, Nexus S, right? Nexus S was it the that had the no Galaxy Nexus used the um the the TI processor sorry fuck Texas Instrument processor Texas, Texas Instrument processor um, yeah uh it's called it's it's a custom like brand new chip designed like by Google and like custom made for the Pixel as according well, to them it's according to them yeah it's, uh, it's probably a Samsung it, Exynos it, processor with some is extensions it okay on do we it. know that for sure I think there's no there's rumors that it is like they a, have not confirmed it but the leak is design. that it's using it's a Samsung fabbed using ARM reference design based off the Exynos twenty one hundred I mean it's probably got to be Samsung or or a TSMC fabbing these right who else has these kind of like whatever this process note is, like I bet it's just like two two companies that like fab these, right? But yo, like, and this isn't the case. But what if Intel was like this is now based off Intel Foundry services? <laughs> I I mean that would be a very big deal for Intel. And Intel would not shut up about it if it was actually the case. So I don't think it's in uh, because Intel can get all Intel needs all the good PR it can get. So like I, that's I think true. They, that's true. I, I think if they they actually made this, they would have been like I had a press release out like already. Oh no, actually Google probably would have been a lot more upfront about it too because Intel fabs are in the U.S. Right. Oh, right? that's so, yeah, true. Google probably, yeah. yeah, they probably would have been way more loud about the fact that it was like a U.S. made chip because um, nationalism or some bullshit. Yeah, sure. Like uh, that. There's that, and like so, it is probably a like a, a Samsung chip. Uh, based on a Samsung Fab chip or a TSMC Fab chip, based on a on a like a ARM like reference design is is what the was was what people are thinking it is. We'll we'll find out, I suppose. I'm more interested in the GPU though, right? Because technically, technically, you can AMD and Samsung now have like unit like they have a GPU that, that works with ARM. So I don't think Google's doing it here. But it'd be interesting to see, right, if they were using the uh, AMD. No, I, it's not a Tegra, right? It's not a Tegra. There's <laughs> not a Tegra chip in there. Uh, I mean, it, uh, weirder things have happened. Uh, I mean, uh, the Shield. Like, I mean, the- I just want to know how well it's played Gacha, right? Because even if it's not, you know, it's, it doesn't have those, um, not Kudo, whatever the fuck uh, NVIDIA calls their special chips on on the uh, 3080s. The uh, the ones that do RT, what do they call it again? Tensor? No, no, is it Tensor? It is, I think, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's Tensor Cores. It's the same fucking name as this processor. It's the same fucking name. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Tensor Cores. Uh, it's, it's for the machine learning cores. I think the RTX cores are a different set of cores. I, I'm not actually... Right. It's the one that do DLSS, basically, right? Like, the, the cores that do that. Um... So, so what is, like, is, so this is the new processor, right? Like, so we have this new processor. No, not, nothing is, we don't know anything about it. Like, there is no details other than what what Google has announced, which is very little, they just have a picture, uh, and they're they're mentioning that it's this this is how it looks. So, how, like I I feel like Google is sort of hedging their bets here, sort of like they are trying to get away from Qualcomm, right? They're trying to find a path away from Qualcomm because I think obviously as We've talked about everybody knows it's Qualcomm is holding Android back in a significant way, right? Like Qualcomm is sort of like this, like it's like a big weight, like just sits on Android, right? Like it's 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 the thing that sort of underpins 
like Android make, can make advances in the OS, but if if the if the Qualcomm's processors are are still slow, much slower than Apple's, like it it still feels like Android is not really like quite there yet, right? Like it's sort of a little bit of a weird place to be. So I can imagine Google wants to get away from Android being defined. Well, there's probably a bigger story here too, right? I don't even think it's about speed. So. If the, even if they're using reference designs from Samsung, whoever, right? Even if Samsung's fabbing it, even if it takes custom off the part, not like processors, right? But, you know, like CPU cores or whatever, and they're just repackaging it. At the end of the day, Google is building the design. Google's also writing the driver firmware for it, right? And that means, given that it's being made in-house from a software and firmware perspective, they dictate how long it's supported. It's, you're not no longer relying on, oh, we can't update the Pixel for two years because the Samsung or the uh, Qualcomm team that does firmware or you know integration with the Linux kernel for this or whatever blob stuff, right, no longer works on it. They only said two years and they move on to a different SOC. It's Google saying, no, we're gonna we can budget our own team to keep the, it going forward, like how Apple does, right? Like we don't have to worry about an outside party here as we did the reference design and we also write the firmware for it so it's on us to continue software support right so so there, it, it is like just removing qualcomm from the equation of android's update process like entirely which is like uh which is a big step uh if this if this and, and the thing that's interesting to me is, is does google start licensing this chip design out to oems i don't think so for the reason of the google's never licensed out the pixel camera stuff Right, that's true, but but the Pixel camera stuff is Pixel, one of the Pixel's like selling points. But the processor will benefit Android as a whole. Like if Android can start moving away from Qualcomm's like dependence on Qualcomm as a whole, or if if if, if, if there is a serious competitor to Qualcomm, right? If this pro if this processor is a success, like if this processor is a good processor, and Google keeps iterating on this processor's designs, like. There's a viable competitor to Qualcomm in the Android market. Well, I mean, but we also have the antitrust stuff going on right now, right? Like, it does not look good for Google to be like, hey, buy, use our software. And also, you can get a killer deal on this processor. Like, that, that's a, that's, even though it, in theory, would be good for market competition, you absolutely know Qualcomm will start raising antitrust concerns. And Qualcomm will, will raise. Yes. That's, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. So, I uh, will see. I mean, it's early. It's not nothing, not much details yet. So, the, it's going to be a while before we get there. Did they mention when this is coming out, or is that also like... October-ish? Fall. But it's probably October, because yeah, they always come out October there. Um, I think the th I think what's more interesting here is that there is now this base processor. And I'm, I'm curious to see, does this go to Chromebooks? Because in theory, in theory, since Chromebooks can run on shit hardware and be good... Like, there is a world where, like, there's a Pixelbook, right, that has one of these and is, like, more of an M1 style. And I'd be curious to see, like, the battery life gains in if they can at least optimize it for performance. Since there's nothing really Intel-specific that you need on a Chromebook if you're just running web apps all day. Um, I guess if you're, like, the two people who put Linux on your Chromebook, please just buy a different computer. But if you're the two people who put Linux on your Chromebook, like, sure, you may have to start building things for ARM64. But outside of that... Um, I think a different thing too, before we move on to our, to, to the, uh, or before we fold into the next topic here is the pricing of these. These are absolutely going to be over a thousand dollars because Google said they're premium phones. Of course. No, I mean, that's not even like, I wasn't even going to break that up because we know that's going to happen. Like it's going to be, this is like, this is positioned and marketed as a, like a hashtag premium phone, right? Like hashtag flagship. 
it's it's going to cost a thousand dollars and it's going to be expensive over here in canada land as always well i think the thing is though like do you do you think that this strategy works right like a super high-end phone with custom processor google doing a whole marketing blitz like i think this will work this specific this pixel will i think will work more than the other like the I mean, they're not, this is not the first time they're trying a premium, hashtag premium strategy. But this time, I think they have the advantage of the, the new processor to use as like a sort of like a marketing point. Be like, hey, look, we, we're making this new processor. It's going to be very good at all this machine learning shit. You know, you're going to Google Photos is gonna, like it's going to be good. Like it's, it's going to accelerate all this AI and machine learning shit that they're going to use that as a machine learning and they're going to use that as a point of like yeah look this is premium this is a unique device this is this is an android device unlike any other right which is true it is it is a pretty unique uh device from a process uh but like the google they're gonna just sell the google tensor ship so hard right like and they, i mean the design also is unique right it's 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 somewhat unique design. I mean, it's still a slab, but like well, all the pixels have been you know, unique. But I, the I think pixels are unique. But this one is a little bit a little bit more colorful, a little bit more interesting. So maybe that will hold it. But but you know, it's slow going for pixels, and I think if they keep iterating, and this is the thing with Google is that they need to keep doing it, right? Like they need to keep making it better and better every year. It's not it's it's not like they can just like they they keep like changing designs every year. But like if they can consistently have good pixels year over year. I think it will slowly, like you know, increase. In- or Google should just pay Telus employees, right? Give a spliff to like them to push it out of the store. That's really that's what Samsung does, right? Like, oh my, I mean, the carrier, no carrier deals are care, that's carrier deals are important. I think they're huge. like just give Rogers and Telus a bunch of money more than Samsung does, and be like, hey, you know, for Christmas this year, if your reps, you know, push the Pixel phone, you get more money. That's what does do to Samsung phones, right? If you push the S20, you get more money on like your, cause that's how, yeah, the commission, you get more for it. So like that's probably what Google should be doing here instead of, I mean, they should, but it's, it's hard to muscle, muscle Samsung out because Samsung is very good at those deals. Uh, they have been doing it for a long time now. So it is like Samsung is like de facto that sort of player and it's it's hard for google has had a few carrier deals but you know it's not it's been not been too great it's been like smaller carriers it's been t-mobile right uh sprint uh, did they have a sprint deal like was that a sprint deal i don't i don't remember don't you remember the galaxy nexus the specific sprint version for it you don't know oh yeah ymax baby Wait, did it have a YMAX version? I think it had a YMAX version. I'm not going to look this up because it's funnier in my head if it did. Please do not. Do not remind me of YMAX, the, the technology that didn't go absolutely anywhere. Uh, so that is the Google Pixel 6. Uh, just, just an announcement. Some pretty, pretty, there's some pretty colors to look at for sure. Uh, so let's talk about some more hardware. Uh, Samsung had their event. I think this was this past week, right? Uh, they had their stream, I guess. Um, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm never going to watch a Samsung stream live because that seems like a, I, I don't know. It seems bad. Listen, the only time I would ever watch a Samsung key, you know, I want Samsung keynotes are like Intel keynotes, right? Which I'm never going to watch one, but if they're funny clips, I'll absolutely watch clips of those. Like if, if there's a thanks, Steve, from a Samsung presentation, absolutely. Uh, okay, so we have a few uh, hardware announcements, right? So the big one is the Galaxy Z Flip 3. Uh, it is, a, yes, it is indeed a folding phone. Uh, there is a Galaxy Watch 4. 
which is running on the new Wear OS. That is the new Wear OS, and there's a Galaxy Buds two as well, right? Or is that yeah? There's the Galaxy Buds two. So so we have a bunch of this like this. So the Samsung is going all in on this folding phone technology, right? And they the and this year they're they are they have they said they iterated on like the actual like physical engineering of the device, right? Like the folding part, right? They are making it better. Like it was pretty, like it was not great the first round, right? Like it it was very sensitive to like you slamming it open and like slamming it closed. Like it would break pretty easily. Like if you took off the, uh, like the, the screen protector, and then folded it, your screen is absolutely fucked, right? Like it is, it is very sensitive. And they have, uh, like an external small display, right? Like on the other side, like if you fold it, like vertically, like it's like a flip phone. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, so I, 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 I just, I still don't really see the appeal of a folding phone personally. I, I don't know if it is one of those things that you have to use yourself to figure out if it's a thing that you would like. But personally, I'm just like, this is a, uh, I mean, very, it's very cool to see this display technology, but like, I, I don't know if it's like how useful it is in practice for most people. Uh, well, I would say a, I think the flip is actually the more util, utilitarian phone versus the fold, honestly. But with regards to the fold itself, and this is, this is, I got, I put it on my Samsung brain for a minute. So I apologize in advance, but I am putting on my Samsung hat. Um, I'm now appointed as a Samsung Knight. Um, that's a Google Plus reference. It's been dead for 10 years. I know. I'm sorry. Anyway. Um, oh, actually, with Google Plus, if you, uh, make sure you check your email, everyone, for your $2.15 class action settlement suit, that should be in your inbox if you did sign up for it. But, um, with, with the fold, it is the ultimate hype beast phone. I think we used to always talk about like the, uh, the joke was the S21 Ultra Note, whatever. That's the drip. That's just like drip. It's like the Pro Max phone. No one actually needs it. However, though, and this is, this is a little like closing the blinders a little bit. I, I do think there is a world in which a Galaxy Fold, assuming the software you need is on there, could be like a great primary computer. You know, not obviously not for production work, right? You still need a desktop for that. But if you're someone, and most people nowadays, let's be honest, who probably can get most things done on their phones, having it to where you essentially like it's multi-factor. You know, you have the regular candy bar phone when you need to do something quick, open it up and you get this big screen. Um, and I know I'm ignoring the fact that Android apps on tablets are shit, but if we assume they were kind of decent and you could then do multi-window, right? Multitasking, have like a Discord call open, have some notes to review, be in a video chat even be you know hook up a little keyboard have a stand for it and like type up a document because it is big enough when you fold it where like you could write uh, you could write a paper for it and it wouldn't be terrible because you really don't need a super big monitor just for writing obviously for other things there but there's like a world in which this is actually a super useful computer do i think samsung is the one who builds it no <laughs> but the form factor of a phone that folds open to be a tablet like it is it is an interesting idea right like as, as an idea i mean that was the whole idea from the Microsoft product, right? The courier, right? Whatever it's called. The uh, what is the Microsoft thing called? The Surface Duo. I, why did I call it the courier? Um, they originally called it the, the courier. Was the, a demo the original from like ten years ago, courier, yeah, right. Yeah, but the, uh, the Microsoft Surface Duo, like the whole idea with, with Panos Panay trying to sell it, was that yeah, you can like 
you use Duke Excel spreadsheets, right? You can have one Word document open. You can have one note open on one screen. You know, have a web browser open on the other. Right? You know, you're multitasking. You're doing stuff. You know, like that's the promise of that. That's the promise of dual screen display. Like this is not. A, I mean, this is not a dual screen, but you can still sort of. Well, you can use it as a dual screen though, because you can split it. You can do multi window into four windows. You can have four apps at once on it. Right. So you can you can sort of do that, and that's the. That's the supposed promise. And the promise, I think, relies on the whole thing of like, how good is the software at handling that? How good is the support for that? How, like, how big of a market is there for that? I, I like, I mean, I'm sure there's a market. Well, I think that's why this phone is not a thousand dollars like the Z Flip is, right? Like, I think that's why this phone is still a little more expensive because it, it, I'm happy it exists, but yeah, definitely not, not, not for everyone. Although, and I can't be this person. I wish I was this person. If you are this person, please at me. But this plus an S Pen, because it does support S Pen this year, and like the fold lifestyle, like if that is you, please at me. I would, I, I want to be you. I would absolutely like to be you. I just can't, you know, I'm physically incapable of. But if you, if you live that night, that life, if you're like a mobile, mobile accomplisher, mobile warrior, whatever, um, please, please at me. Cause I'm very interested in your workflow. I, I would like to talk to you for hours on end about your mobile workflows. Yeah. I mean, I, like, it looks nice. Like it's, it does look nice as a piece of hardware. And like they have different colors here. The purple one looks pretty good. Like, it's cool. Like it, it reminds me. It has that little bit of a nostalgia feel of like the the Razor, uh, Motorola Razor, right? Like you know, back in the day, like in the early early two thousands, like you know, you the, the Motorola Razor was the coolest phone to have, right? Because of its of its razor thin design. Uh, this is not like thin, but like it has that same like flip phone cool factor, you know. Uh, so for sure, it's a high beast phone, as you said, for sure, absolutely, hundred percent. Also, I love the colors. Like that purple color is very good, especially with the two tone with the black, right? The black screen in that. That's actually very good. Yes, it's it's it looks it's a very nice contrast. Like and they have some interesting cases as well. Uh, the screen, I mean, it, it you can still see the crease when you open it. I mean, that's to be expected, I guess. Like it's you can't really hide that. Like it's like physics, I guess. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, Anything else interesting about these phones? Like, is there like a, I mean, I think the interesting thing is this. We don't have a Note phone this year, right? Like, this is supposed, like, the Note has gotten, I feel like. The Note's not happening, yeah. The the Note's Note's gone. gone, The Note's not, Note's done. The time of the Note is done. Oh, wait, there's one thing we didn't talk about, though. Real quick, before we we lament the Note. Under screen, um, front-facing camera on the flip, or on the fold, I should say. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's under screen camera, and um, the pixels cover it. So basically, if you're watching a video and it's a it's a little bit blurry, but like you can tell if you look for it, but there the screen goes over the front facing camera. So if it's not like they basically because it's OLED, it the screen goes black, aka the pixels turn off, and it's a little transparent layer, so light can shine through for the front facing camera when you have it open. Um, it is not as good quality wise as the you know like a iPhone camera, regular you know the other cameras on the phone, but it's serviceable for a video call. And you have five other cameras on the phone if you need good pictures, right? <laughs> I, I, the one question I have is the, 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 the this problem has happened with the last iteration of these kind of phones is that, uh, the jelly, the, the, the refresh rate matching problem, you know, like the jelly scroll. Oh, it matches. Yeah. Refre- there's no jelly scrolling with that, but, um, 
So yeah, if you look in the video, you, if you look at any of the screenshots or things with the fold open, and it's like on a web page or whatever, you should be able to. Yeah, if you go to about two minutes, um, go to two minutes on the video, um, and if you see at the top there, you see white. You can't really tell that the there's um a, a, fa- a front facing camera in in that top bar. Okay, so that's that's that's, that's cool. Uh, it is a one twenty hertz display, uh, adaptive refresh rate, right? Like so, there there is that. Uh, the Galaxy Watch Four is actually more interesting than you think it is, right? Because of the wireless difference here. Like the Galaxy Watch Four means that it has the Watch OS. What is it called now? Watch OS Wear? Not Watch OS. Why am I calling it Watch OS? The new Wear. It's the, the new, new Wear. The new Google Wear. Wear OS. Whatever Google, it's called. Google Wear OS Three. Is that is that what it's called? Right. Well, Samsung's calling it Wear OS powered by Samsung. That's the official name for what Samsung's calling it. That's. That's bad. That's why are tech companies like this? Well, I should say the reason they're calling this so, because, and um, I guess I'm going to have to probably make a chart, but there's multiple kind of Wear OSs now. So you have Google provided Wear OS, but manufacturers can use a completely different front end now. So it's not like Android, you can kind of think of it as an Android skin, but if Samsung could replace everything with Samsung made apps, right? Like if they could, like even system components. So this is basically the same UI layer as the old watches, which wasn't bad, honestly, if you ever see any videos of people using Galaxy watches. But it has the foundation of the new Wear OS, meaning A, notifications aren't going to be shit. Um, you know, it'll integrate with Google standard health APIs and all of that stuff. And it gets the the new um, app model for Wear OS. So it is like a marriage of both of those. And honestly, I'm not against that. Like, I think on a smartwatch, if if different manufacturers all had the same UI, like I, I actually I don't know. It bothers me less on a watch than a phone to see this happen. Um, because if the ba- if like the same base platform and API stuff is the same, but it's just like a different watch face interface, different app drawers, right? Different layouts for settings apps. Like I don't I don't think that's actually a terrible thing because like watches are more like in the argument of is this a computer or not, right? I would argue that smartwatches are less so like full computers, even though they have computer bits in them, than phones are. So I don't think it's a terrible thing for like a piece like the watch has like a look and the software goes along with like the physical design of the watch. Like I, I think it's a far more cohesive product and I'm not, I'm not as offended that as, as I was with like HTC fucking sense on the, on the Evo 3D back in the day. Oh my God. HTC. That's, that's a throwback. But yeah, like, so, so we have this wearless watch. So the Samsung and, and Google are collaborating. So it is. It is a thing that's happening. Uh, there are two sizes, right? Uh, there is the uh, 40 millimeter, right? Uh, so there's two watches, right? There's, they have the watch and the watch classic. What's the, what's the difference between the watch and the watch classic? Like the watch classic? So the watch classic is the sequel to the Galaxy Watch 3, the main watch. And the Watch 4 is actually the follow-up to the Galaxy Watch Active 2. This is not confusing at all, by the way. <laughs> well, I think it's it's only confusing if you are someone who follows Samsung smartwatches, which is literally no one. So for most people, the Watch 4 is the cheaper and more sportier one, and the Watch 4 Classic is the more expensive and the more like like uh I don't know white old white man looking one, you know? Yeah, it, it has the white old man look uh, to it. I'm for sure there's so the Watch 4 the comes in 44 and 40 millimeter. Uh, variants and the, the Watch 4 Classic has 46 and 42 millimeter. 
And it also has a rotating bezel. So the Watch 4 Classic has a rotating bezel. Rotating bezel. So that's that's probably why it's a little bigger, right? Like you probably imagine. Okay. So so if you buy the Watch 4 Classic, you're just getting a bigger watch just in general. Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, it seems fine. Uh, like from whatever, from all the watch, like OS stuff that I've seen, it just, it, it looks okay. Like it's, it's nothing about it stands up. Well, it does stand up for a reason. It's the specs inside of it, right? Like Android where, and the Android watch enthusiasts, all two of you are eating right now. Cause this has a whole 1.5 gigabytes of RAM and a five millimeter or five nanometer Exynos processor. Like this actually has good specs. These, this is modern hardware. Cause even if you remember where OS is running processors from like fucking four years ago, it's so slow. All right. The, the old Qualcomm, the old Qualcomm, Ron's uh, ducking on the old Qualcomm processors forever. Um, so yeah, this is a five nanometer Exynos W920. Uh, processor is what it's called. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, 1.5 gigs of RAM and uh, 16 gigabytes of storage. Uh, Samsung's saying you'll get like 40 hours of battery life, which is impressive, right? Is that impressive for a uh, watch? Yeah, no, the Apple uh, Watch size? doesn't last like a full 40. Yet. Right, no, Apple that's what I was about to say, right? Yeah. Like, the Apple Watch does not last you 40 hours. It'll last you maybe 24 hours if you like, if you don't like depending on the usage and which size of the Apple Watch you have, like, like it won't last you an entire day, right? Like it might last you an entire day, but not more than that for sure. Uh, but yeah, there's LTE. Apparently, there's some LTE models as well, so there's that. Uh, but but yeah, there's a black and white variants uh, of the Watch Four Classic. I don't know if the the, the base one has. Oh, it does. Okay, so both of them have black and white. Uh, versions of the same watch. I think the white one with the rotating puzzle looks pretty good, in my opinion. I think it, 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 it for a fashion perspective, I think it looks pretty good. I, I think the watch bands that that come stock with this are look like garbage. But of course, you can always get like the, the ignoring the watch band because you can get them for cheap on Amazon. Right, you could get replacements. You know that actually look nice. The actual base watch itself, I am a fan of. I like the bigger active one. Just because I don't like bezels on watches, like that's never been my style. But I know, right? I but I'm happy. Like they're visually distinct enough that I think that that for most people, you know, this with a better watch band is a is a good match there. Although something important to notice or note here: um, no iOS support. So Wear OS no longer works with iOS. New Wear does not work with iOS. Old Wear did, which is fine because Apple locks down iOS enough that if you had a smartwatch that is not an Apple Watch, you're never going to get a good time to begin with. Yeah, it is kind of useless. Yeah, it's kind of useless, to be honest. This kind of works with other Android phones, but there are some features that you need a Samsung phone for. Um, I believe some of the health features only work if you have a Samsung phone. So... Because it works with Samsung Health, is that is that? Well, yeah, but even it's supposed to be based off the new Google Fit API stuff on the back end. But they're just like I believe it's like some of the optical sensors or one of these. It's like which one is it? There's a they have a uh, like a biometric sensor in there. Like uh, they're calling it bioactive. Yeah, BMI uh, and and stuff yeah, like it's, that. It's, yeah, it has an optical heart rate sensor, uh, electrical heart sensor, and a biometric electric imp. imp uh, Imp- I hate that word, by the way. Impedance uh, analysis sensor, right? So, like, so there's a there's that's is that the sensor that's like like not doesn't work with? Uh... It was on the Android Central article. Let me see if I can pull that up. But um, 
but basically there's it's besides the point. there's just there's uh, a couple of the health things where best with samsung health on them so you're just saying like this is best with uh with the with if you buy an android like a right right like basically what's also two pieces it has bixby and a google assistant so like you you already <laughs> you already fucked up there if you're using a not samsung phone but but i would so yeah i guess like it'd be wait if you don't have a samsung phone right if you have like a OnePlus phone i'm sorry firstly but secondly like i would probably wait until like the other fossil and other watches come out using it because then there'll probably be more standard google made software that'll work with more devices i yeah that's probably true right this is this 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 one is for the samsung enthusiasts for sure right like if you well, this one is the it got bundled free when I sat when I got my Samsung phone at Rogers or Telus. That's really what this is. Sure. Right, right. So if you if you're buying a Samsung phone, yeah, like if you're buying a Samsung phone anywhere, right? Might as well get if you're getting a watch as well, then yeah. I mean this is this is that is this is for that. Uh not much else. Uh Bigsby is still here. Um I have a feeling it still sucks. I have not heard otherwise. Uh, so I'm going to keep assuming that Bigsby is not, not good. Um, so, uh, unfortunate. Also, I was going to walk something back a moment ago and we said 40 hours of battery life sounds impressive. According to the comments on the verge, this is actually lower than the Tizen based models. So apparently the new Wear OS is a depreciation in battery life. I like how me and you were just used to the Apple watch. We're like, oh wow, that's really good. I think yes. I guess I mean it's comparison. Like what our comparison point is the Apple Watch. Yes, this seems much better. But yeah, I guess that's 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 fair. That's fair. I actually don't know much about the the sort of Samsung watches to be honest because I have no reason to. Uh, but but yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, I would assume this is the first generation of this Exynos chip, right? Like this this watch chip. Uh, it's gonna probably. Uh, the next generation will be better on, on battery life and efficiency. Uh, this is like the first shot at this sort of processor for Samsung, right? I mean, it's not the first shot. I mean, I mean, what, what was in the, in the, in the Tizen watches? What processors? I mean, those are. Oh, they've been using custom hardware in the Tizen ones, but it's different software platforms, so we can't compare it, right? PS Tizen is, let me refer you to our prior episode where we talked about Mego, Mego, all of the Nokia stuff. Refer back to that. But, um, Tizen is like a whole separate beast from Android. Yeah, so like I, I there's, there's I can't really directly compare it because the OS is different, the hardware is is also different. So like you know, there's going to be a lot of variation for sure. The optimization might might be a little bit rough on the first iteration of this variant of the hardware. You know, uh, so so that's that's one thing. Uh, so the Galaxy, the last last thing that that uh, Samsung uh, I guess announced slash released uh, the Samsung Galaxy Buds. Two. These are the uh, in-ear uh, in-ear earbuds, uh, fully wireless earbuds. Obviously, uh, you know, like AirPods competitor, uh, basically, right? Uh, so uh, they look good. Look at the picture of them in someone's ear. They're hidden. Like they are so in. You cannot tell when they're in your ear if someone has them in, which is, I think, is the nicest thing. Right, they're, they're very discreet, right? Like very small and discreet design, right? Uh, de- uh, decent audio, like good audio quality. Yeah, the, the basically the TLDR from the review is like microphones kind of shit. No, the water resistance not great. The um, these are noise canceling, but like the ambient noise transparency mode's not the best. And it's basically it's like it's a budget earbud, right? Like well, 150 isn't budget, but it's a non-premium earbud, so it makes sort of the right cuts for that price point. Especially when you compare them to the AirPods that cost the same, right, and don't have these features. 
Right. And then, uh, like, uh, the weak water resistance is a big one, I would assume, for people. Uh, like, it feels like it's a big downside because. Well, the AirPods aren't water resistant at all, right? Only the pros are. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So regular right, AirPods, yeah, only this, pros yes. have the dust and water resistance. I, because I have the pros. So I forget, like, the difference between the AirPods and the AirPods Pro is that the water resistance is better on the AirPods Pro, right? Uh, so this, okay, okay, okay. So that now it's relatively, like, same to the AirPods. Okay, that makes that's. Uh, but it's still kind of, I wish these things would have uh, water resistance, but no. Uh, that's, that's, that's whatever. Uh Apparently, there's some problems with this working with other Android phones that, like, you need the uh, Samsung app to turn off, like, you can't turn off ANC completely. You can put it in, uh, you can put it in the sort of the ambient sound, the quote unquote uh, transparency mode, right? I think you have to use the app for that. Uh, or, like, you have to use the app to turn on the, the physical controls on the on the on the on the buds to to use it to use the controls on there. So it's just a little bit like it's a little bit like the software is a little jank, which is not surprising for. Uh, well, I mean, this is when I think I think really nowadays, if you with Samsung accessories, it's just like Apple Wear. Yes, it's proprietary ish to the uh, <laughs> to to the to the Samsung product. Yeah, as 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 Neil as Neil I said, I told you so. You know, this is this is happening. The proprietary stuff is happening, you know. Uh, uh, so it has a USB C port on the on the on the on the on the box, on the little, little case, uh, and it has uh, also supports wireless charging. I mean, it's, it's fine. Like, it's not really like it's 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 just it's just the earbuds. So you know, sound quality wise, like this is good enough for Gotcha. That's all that matters, right? It's good enough. It's good enough to listen to podcasts, bro. Like that's 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 what it is, you know. That's 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 fine. But don't don't go out in the rain with these. I feel like you know. I feel like it's it's a bad idea, maybe to 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 get these wet, uh, in any fashion. So, Galaxy Buds two, is it is it already out? Like there's a, there's a review already, so I'm assuming that it is going to be available soon. If it is not already, yeah. I mean, well, all these are Samsung. It's like order now, shipping very soon, right? So okay, you know. cool. Cool. Uh, is there anything else on the Samsung side that we need to mention? Before? Not, not really. I think, um, I think we've we've folded this all up, and we can move on to the. Uh, we can now take apart our next topic, which is the framework laptop. Listen, I told y'all I was going to talk about this. You know, we we've been memeing about it on Mastodon. Um, first and foremost, fuck. Oh my god, I forgot their name. That's how relevant they are. Who's what's the joke? Pine, yeah, fuck the pine people. It's all about framework now. See, I forgot who they were called. That's how irrelevant they've become. Listen, ARM sixty four, not modular. Little flimsy, little flimsy ass laptop. No, 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 no. We got the framework computer over here. Modular, build it yourself. This is actually super fucking cool. Like, I'm not even joking when I say it. I'm genuinely excited about this. I am very curious. Like I, I don't really don't need a, another laptop. I already have a very, very good laptop already. The God bless the M1 MacBook Air. Uh, but but this, like, if 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 you want, like, uh, if you're one of those people who like messing around with hardware and like you you want a, a laptop that's uh, like uh, as the framework laptop is very modular, so everything not ev- I mean, so so what is like like what is it like the hardware like what is the process like how do you like what is actually modular what is not like what what, what can you remove what can you not remove 
you can take it apart to the motherboard easily. Like it comes with a screwdriver, comes with that. But be- and this is mostly because Intel just doesn't make modular CPUs. Like the motherboard, it is a CPU soldered on. Like you know, it's one part. You can't replace. It's not socketed. But then again, like they literally don't exist, right? Like you'd have to make a proprietary part if you were going to do a modular CPU on a laptop. So I I can't blame them for it as it you just it doesn't exist. So there's not a way to do it. But everything else, the display, the uh, glass for the display, the battery, the Wi-Fi card, the RAM, the fucking SSD, the the speakers seems like too. Like you can probably remove the speakers. The speakers, the um expansion cards um you know io i guess i should say all of that is super modular they're very easy it, it like it's very cleanly labeled cap screws so you don't you know it's very hard for you to lose them um the keyboard trackpad all that it's just like this is a i i think the the thing about this computer is it's not that it's just a modular computer but it's modular in a way that is proprietary because it's always well some of the like expansion cards are proprietary, but it's just USB C. So if you lose one of them, you could just like plug in a dongle, I guess, right? If if you needed it. But it is it's super cool. And I think the thing that, that excites me the most about this is it is so opposite from what other computers are doing right now. Because I think the most you get, even on a gamer PC, is like an NVMe slot and modular RAM. You know? Like it's not it really isn't that other computers don't have modular parts it's that they don't go to the extent of this because not every computer is soldered all like like how apple does right that's not that really isn't every computer there's a lot of like enterprise laptops right like thinkpads and such are really serviceable but this computer is so much cheaper than that even though it is it is a costly ultrabook right it's not it's not like a 500 computer but but it is cheaper than like a three thousand dollar workstation thinkpad sure but it's not it's not it's not it's not competing at that uh performance but you have to pay that much on lenovo and dell side to get that modularity though right that's just what i'm saying yeah. sure i mean i see okay yes for from a from majority perspective those those enterprise uh laptops are more serviceable because uh they expect like people working at those companies to be able to service them like it people uh so the specs right we should probably talk about the specs here uh it is uh a 13 inch laptop uh, Ultrabook, as we mentioned, uh, it can run. I mean, it can run OS wise like Windows 10, right? Windows 10 Pro or Ubuntu, right? Though, if you get the DIY build, right, it doesn't come with an OS install, right? It, 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 it does not come with an OS. You have to install. Well, I mean, listen, listen, if you buy this and you install Windows on it, you're not my friend. Like, okay, you get this shit to run Arch Linux and that's it. That's, listen, this is the first time, this is the first and only time I will ever endorse Arch Linux. So this is the only time. But if you buy the DI one and you build it yourself and you don't put Arch Linux on it, it better be Gen two or fucking Slackware. Either otherwise, go fuck yourself. There you go. That's that's the hot take. <laughs> that's that's the take. Is that this is an Arch Linux only laptop? Um, the first official Arch Linux. Only. Uh, so CPU. Uh, we have a four four core part here. Uh, three point three three gigahertz base clock. Uh, Intel i7 1185G7. Uh, Intel's naming schemes, as we will get to later, rolls right off the tongue. Uh, thanks. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> and of course, it's configurable too, by the way. It's, it's like, it's not stock of an i7. You can get lower ones, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a laptop. Oh, I okay. Okay. Cool. So, I mean, I, that's, I would assume like I'll, i7 seems a little bit 
excessive for uh for ultrabook to be honest honest well i mean if you're doing like code stuff like like honestly so to build that r seneca was sent right the 32 gigs of ram the xe graphics the one terabyte mvme drive that that would probably be like a I would probably be like you know you're doing comp- yeah the code compiling on Linux and stuff right like like dev work is probably with that computer I would buy that for right so so there it can go get up to the 64 gigs of RAM uh, I would assume that would be two 32 gigabyte sticks of uh, DDR4 if you want to get 64 gigs right uh, GPU uh, there's an Intel Iris uh, XE right and, and I would assume like depending on the uh, Intel processor, you have the the power of the uh, Intel integrated GPU will vary, right? Like the- no, no, they all come with XE. These are all tenth gen. Let me, let me, I'm, I'm checking right now. I'm on the website. I, I'm ninety percent certain these all are XE graphics. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, the base model starts at an i5 1135G7. Jesus Christ, that's that's tenth gen too. Um, Okay, yeah. So I'm looking at the conf- their configuration tool on the website. Like, so, so there's three CPU choices, right? Like two, one i5 and two i7s, right? Uh, like seems like the the the, the highest price i7 just has a slightly higher like boost clock, right? Like not really like a significant difference otherwise, right? Like eleven, but also comes a V Pro too. It's just something that, that enterprise people care about. Uh V Pro. All right, V Pro. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, and yeah, you can get 64 gigs, which is, as I mentioned, two 32 GPA, uh, DIMMs, right? DDR4 DIMM. Uh, you can get, uh, a Wi, like you can, there's a difference in Wi-Fi chips. You can get the 6E with the MV. Is VPro what Intel calls 6E? Cause Ars Technica says it has 6E on it. I, I, I don't know what this means. I don't know what the, both of them are 6E, but one of them has VPro and one of them doesn't. I don't know what VPro means in this case like what does vpro offer that uh there's a price difference here and a variance like I, i'm not actually sure what this what this module like the difference between the vpro and the non-vpro model is to be honest uh and apparently you can bring your own wi-fi module if you want uh because it is a removable part uh it is like this little like little square thing, right? Like you can- bring your own Wi-Fi, so you could basically. Uh, what, 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 what's the what's the gamer Wi-Fi brand that everyone hates but keeps getting advertised on Twitch? Killer Wi-Fi. You could put killer Wi-Fi on this and not have Linux drivers. Oh my God! Please do not disrespect this laptop in that way. If, if I see you put that shit in there, I'm not talking to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's disrespectful. You put put up put it uh, put in the Intel chip in there. It's fine. And trust me, you you like if you're gonna DIY this, I I think Steve from Gamers Nexus always talks about this. Is this antenna wires are fucking annoying? They're very flimsy, so be careful when you if you're if you're getting a DIY version and you're trying to remove this uh, uh, Wi-Fi chip or you're trying to mess with it, be careful of the antenna wires because those are very very flimsy. Those are like little thin wires, so you know be careful. Uh, OS choice, you get a choice between Windows 10 Home and Windows 10 Pro. And no, no OS, right? So, which is, which is, I mean, if you're going to run Linux, obviously you're not going to pay for the Windows 10 license here. Uh, storage wise, you can go up to like, uh, you can, this, these are all WD black, like, uh, NVMe drives, right? So for, you can go up to four terabytes of, uh, NVMe storage, which is, which is wild. The four terabytes is like a thousand dollars extra. Uh, but you know, uh, you can do it. And you can also obviously not buy their storage from them and, you know, buy, bring your own NVMe drive because it is just, uh, 
Like, what size is the NVMe? Is it the like because the M2 is coming like different? Um, uh, M.2, like different size categories, right? Like, because oh, you mean like the length? I think it's the 80 millimeter, the gumstick one. Uh, is that 80 millimeter? Yeah, oh, I see. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah, because there's a difference in the sizes, right? It is all M2 or the form factor, but it has different, uh, oh, also, I, I figured out what a uh, V Pro is. So V Pro allows you to do KVM stuff over a network. Yeah, I'm looking at there's a little fact where they say what it is. it's for enterprise IT. Uh, so it's mostly like if you're buying this as a consumer, like a normal person, uh, not an enterprise or whatever, you probably don't need to buy it with the V V Pro to be honest. So yeah, you can you can like uh, get this without the OS. And uh, for, so as Jim mentioned this in his uh, in his review of the of this of this laptop is that the OS installation was a little finicky, like some stuff wasn't quite you know working properly because of kernel, like the chip is new, like a lot of the hardware is new, so like kernel level compatibility is a little bit little bit jank right now. So Arch Linux is probably actually the best distro to install. See, that's what I told you. Arch Linux. <laughs> because you can get the latest kernel on it, right? You can get like, Proton you get on, on it. it. Andy cheats coming. Listen, this is this is a gamer laptop because you I, know why? The XC chip in that? I, I XC I chip, listen here. It's going to run your kernel level anti-cheat beautifully. This is what you wanted, Linux gamers. Uh, so there's the, we, the most important, interesting, one of the most interesting things is the, the modules for the, uh, the USB-C modules, right? Uh, which are the things that give you things like HDMI ports or what, what else can you get with it? Can you get an Ethernet thing? No, I don't think you can, right? Like you can, uh. Well, some of these are, this is an open standard. People can build modules. So if they don't have one, right? Like there's nothing yeah, stopping but, someone from building is, like, one. It's, it's not, I don't think it's thick enough for a full size Ethernet port, right? Like a full size Ethernet port is way too, tall to be doable in a in that size of the of the dongle right like the size of the the module right like it's it's the module is not tall enough right as as far as i can tell like the module is not tall enough for a full size ethernet port you can do one of those weird like half the ones that fold like, out right <laughs> yeah the fold out the folding out ones like those are cool i guess but like i don't think you can do a full size uh ethernet port for sure so uh so you know Probably Wi-Fi only on this. Well, yeah, yeah, they don't have an official one there. Yes, yeah. so, I mean we get an adapter, I guess, and it's fine. It's Thunderbolt. I guess. I mean, you can uh, so you can get these modules that like you can you can like you can you can buy like I don't know what kind of modules do you have? Uh, are there like uh, so? There's DisplayPort, HDMI, micro SD, USB C, and storage modules. So if you don't want to get yeah, so you can actually get one of these that's just like no ports on it, right? But it's just like a terabyte of storage. Oh, like the, like the, like the, like the, uh, like the Xbox. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little, little square thing. Okay. Okay. Cool. So it's like, is it like some, is it like flash storage or like, is it like, uh, yeah, just like just a flash storage in there, right? Probably like an M2, like the smaller ones, the, you know, the ones that the Xbox uses. Yeah. So, so you could, or you could just have it be like a USB port, right? Like you can just have a USB to USB. Okay. So, so that's cool. So you can have, you can swap this out. Like you can buy, buy a bunch of these and you can have them put them in your bag. You can like swap them out, right? Like, and it's like has a little, like when you put, put the little module in, like, it has, like there's, there's a button on the side that like goes up, right? Like you press it to release it again, right? Like that, that's how that, uh, system works on this device. Uh, so how, like this is great. Like actually, I think this is like probably the first time I've, I've seen this kind of hardware and it, I, and I'm actually like, this is something I could possibly tell people. Hey, if you really are into, if you want a modular laptop that's not a ThinkPad, 
right? Like you don't want to think bad for whatever reason. You don't trust Lenovo, whatever, you know? Uh, you still want something that's more serviceable than, than, than Ultrabooks of this size, right? Like this is probably the one of probably the most, uh, most serviceable Ultrabook, uh, available, uh, right now. Uh, so, th- so there is that. Well, looking at price too, right? So I'm, I'm playing the configurator right now. Let's say I wanted to buy the Linux version. So I'm going to use your build, the build that you would go for because you always shame me for like, the, 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 this is SATIC's minimum specs. No, 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 no. This is a, a computer that SATIC thing is acceptable. So we're going with 16 gigs of RAM with the base i5 processor because that, that's all you deal for in your life. I know. I know nothing less than 16 gigabytes of RAM on any computer for you. Um, so we have 16 gigabytes and I'm going dual channel. So I'm going to put two 8-gigabyte sticks, right? And not one 16-gigabyte one. Because right. everyone knows dual, dual channel the, always makes it faster. The, always got to get a dual Wi-Fi channel. Wi-Fi 6, no 6E, sorry. No Pro because we're, we're not pros up in here. You know, um, no OS because we're going Linux, Arch Linux, and a 500-gigabyte NVMe drive. Nine hundred and forty-four dollars. Nine hundred and forty-four. That's that's not bad. That's that's that's, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty good. That's perfectly. That is, that is that is is that adequate enough for you? Is that like a computer that's fine for you? I would be able to. Yes. I mean, personally, I'm a like. If I personally, I'm a like. I'm always going for more RAM on store or storage. Actually, storage is probably. I mean, actually, no. This this thing comes with expandable storage. So you know, like I would, I would go for the five hundred gig drive. You know, for the OS. You know, that's fine. I would up the RAM, right? Like just thirty-two. You know, that's just me. Uh, that's just that's just. That's just me. But I mean, if it's like for a student, right? Like, let's say, let's say you're someone, you know, like. Sure. Okay. If for a stu- for, okay for a student, yeah, sixteen gigs to two eight gigs six, uh, it's fine. Uh, sixteen gigs is is is, is very very work. Uh, and the, everything else is fine as well. I mean, if you're a student, I don't know if you want to, to Linux on this Arch Linux. I, I you. Oh, I just realized this is the price without the expansion cards. Actually, oh, okay, so. What would I? Okay, well, I mean, it's oh, it's nine dollars. It's nine dollars for the USB. Oh, that's so cheap. Okay, so nineteen bucks for the HDMI expansion. Nineteen bucks for DisplayPort. Um, oh, if I was gonna get this, what, what, what expansions? We wouldn't do storage, right? Because we would just upgrade the internal SSD. Like, so no storage expansion cards. What, what would you say? Two, two USB A, two USB C, or micro SD USB A and two USB Cs. Like, what, what do you think is the right mix here? Okay, so my, my, my opinion here is get two USB A. All right, and one USB C, right? I I think that's that's a pretty good. I would get one of the display ones just so you can use the laptop with the with like a projector or something. Like I so probably HDMI then, right? Because I mean, DisplayPort only makes sense if you're in an environment with a lot of monitors, right? Yeah, yeah. So this HDMI, so you get you get two USB A modules, right? You get two USB A modules, you get one USB C module, and you get one HDMI module, right? Okay. And that brings the price up to nine hundred and eighty one dollars. So if we're building your like recommended student one oh sorry, actually I added only let me add on another USB A. Okay. Nine ninety. So nine hundred and ninety with the uh to build your your one. And um yeah. So basically we have a build of Two, one HDMI, two USB C, or sorry, two, one, two US, one USB C, two USB A, sixteen gigabytes of RAM, dual channel, five hundred gigabyte NVMe, Wi Fi six E, i five, no power adapter because it's fifty bucks, but it uses USB C to charge. So like, just use another fucking power adapter. It's fine. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch charger will charge us. You're fine. <laughs> you don't need you don't need another charger there. Um, 
And that comes out to probably like a thousand with tax. That's yeah, a thousand ish. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I kind of want to get one. Yeah, it's, it's very tempting. It is very tempting right now. I, I mean, it is tempting, but I'm like, I don't have any use for a machine like this, to be honest. Like, I, I like it would literally be a cool hardware thing, but like, I have it feels the ways to buy something like this if I'm not going to actually use it. But I think the modular system is, is very cool. Uh, the use of the little little square modules is is a very smart uh, idea. Uh, so I mean, there. Are, I mean, so what are the downsides of this? Like, what? Are, what? I mean, we're talking positive here. But the company like, goes I out mean, of business. That's the downside. The company right? goes out of business. <laughs> is the big one, right? This is a new company, no track record here, right? Like, so that's the big one, right? Like, so if you are like buying a laptop and you're like l- looking at options, like. Maybe you consider something else that has a better track record of support, right? I, 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 that's not an unfair criticism to make here. The three by two aspect ratio. I don't know if that's actually a downside for anybody. Is that? That's a good side. I who, who, who said? I mean, Jim put, Jim put it as the bad, as a downside. He said 3.32 aspect ratio if you're not into that, I guess. I mean, I guess Jim is hedging his bet. He's like, if you're not into the three, three by two aspect ratio, I don't know who that would be a downside for. Uh, but you know probably somebody oh my god i need to show you i need to show you a photo that framework tweeted out i'm gonna send it to you in telegram of how you can use this computer because of how modular it is oh so you can just use it as buy it without a fucking screen right (laughs) for context um the photo here is the laptop without a screen it's basically like a keyboard like your keyboard right but it's the actual laptop just running via display port to a monitor and like a mouse on the side that's great that is that's that's i like that that's very cool that's like saving space like you know you just gotta you just got the computer there easy to easy to yeah buy the computer without the monitor because you don't if you're never going to use it right like if you want like a like a like a thin and light desktop right like and you don't like and you're fine with this kind of setup here and it makes sense for you like sure because hey i mean doing this or diy honestly it's probably easier to assemble than like a mini pc i mean that's that's pretty cool actually that's that's pretty smart so uh, the CPU performance is probably, I mean, the battery life is the thing I'm concerned about. What is the battery life? Well, I mean, Linux has shit power management anyway, so it's gonna you're gonna get shit battery life on Linux to begin with. I that's the big question here. So it's like, how is the battery life going to be depending on the OS too, right? So, well, uh, going for Windows to Linux variants here. I that's one of those things that you have to put up with. I guess if you're gonna use Linux on this, which you probably are. If you're, if you're in the market for this kind of laptop, I feel like you're the kind of person who runs Linux. Uh, There's a very small, like this kind of laptop has a very specific demographic, I feel like. Uh, so so if you're running Linux, like the battery life is probably like, I mean, it's going to be a bit shit, you know, if, especially if you have the i7 one, like it's not going to be, that's going to be great. Also, I think something too that's important to mention with this is this is a good starting off point for people who are not into computers, I feel, because of how well-labeled it is. Because like I said, other laptops are modular, right? Like other laptops are modular. But I feel like with this one, it's so easy to open it up and like to take things apart from the basics popping out the things, right? Like it's... Yeah, it's designed to be open up, right? It is, it's, it's, it's designed, to, it's, it has thought put into the modular aspects of it. It's not, like it's meant to be user serviceable, right? Like it's every part in like basically every part in here is... right. So, you know, there's QR codes, right, on all the products, right, on all the parts. And if you scan it, it's service manuals. It opens you right to the video and the service manual for it. It loads up service. Yes, it's very, it's very, I, I, this is the one thing I, I think 
they're going all in with the with the serviceability of this thing and the labeling everything. Everything is labeled. Every like you have QR codes, so you pull that up on your phone. You're looking at a service manual to see how you're gonna remove it. You know, like how you're gonna service that particular part, right? Like it's very well done, very thought out, right? So I, I kudos to Framework for that. Like that's like they actually you know thought about like how do you make a modular laptop other than just having it be serviceable. You know how much effort you can put into it, and then clearly uh that's one thing uh the battery life i think jim mentioned that we we're talking about this is that it, compared to a similarly configured uh dell xps 13 only like 61 percent of the battery life which is not great that's not that's not great it is a it's a big downside i feel like if, but i think yeah so right for 500 520 minutes which uh, if i can do quick math 520 divided by 60 is eight hours, eight-ish hours, eight and a half hours. Well, I mean, it's still fine. Like, it's not great, but it's fine. Yeah, it's not great, but it's, 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 I mean, we're comparing, if you're comparing it to something like Delta XPS 13, yeah, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not really like comparable. So, but if, if you're in the market for this, I feel like you are willing to take the hit on battery life to have something that is unique and serviceable and kind of interesting. Uh, so th- that is the framework laptop. Oh, Jesus. Actually, wait. So real quick, there's a Linux battery life test. This shit runs for 310 minutes on Ubuntu. That's that's bad. That's really bad. I was memeing about Ubuntu having shit battery life, but oh, wow, that's that's five ish hours. Oh, that's that's not a full full day at all. That's gonna you're gonna have to charge that in the middle of the day. That's uh, that's not that's not good at all. That's that's bad. Actually, that's that's actually uh, not great. Well, uh, I mean, we have we have laid out the the downsides and the upsides. I think people who are in this can make a decision for themselves. I suppose if you if you really want a modular one, I mean, here it is. Uh, if you, people who have been shouting for modular laptops, uh, put your money where your mouth is. I guess, uh, like, let this company be successful at least. Like, I like I don't want to come back to the next year be like framework is out of business or something. Like, I. I mean, that's that's about a distinct possibility for something like this, but I hope not because I, I think they're doing something very interesting. Seem to seem to have the right mindset. And I mean, hey, at least they're shipping. You know, unlike a lot of other companies who who proclaim bullshit, they're shipping. So and they're shipping to customers too. That's the thing. Like they're actually shipping to real people, not just media. So that gives me hope that their problem for sustainability is not their ability to create a product, but their ability to finance ongoing development. And which is a, it's a hard problem, but that's a lot harder, an easier problem than, oh, we're just, we can't even get the shit to ship. Yeah. Uh, I should mention there is a, that we are talking about the DIY version, but there is a version that is not DIY where, where you can choose select parts, uh, select SKUs, I guess. To have a set a set number of parts, right? If you if you really want to, don't worry about the, the individual parts, right? And worry like you can you can change the parts out obviously later. But like if you if you want, just get like a one that where they all it's all assembled at the OS. It comes with an OS, right? Uh, right, right. So, so there is a pre pre built, I guess, version. Uh, that is the framework laptop. It is the website is frame dot work. Very good domain. That's that's a great job. Very guys. great. Very good. Uh, we we have some more. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna keep these segments short because I I really don't want to have a what, another hour of this podcast. Uh, but PC gamer news. Uh, Intel has a with a Z with a Z <laughs> gamers news. Uh, Intel 
uh, has done a marketing and uh has done a marketing. Has done, they just done a marketing she's just done a marketing uh they, they, okay so no, they really i mean that's all they, that's all really that's what they've done is they have changed the naming scheme for processors their intel going from like intel 10 nanometer 10 nanometer super fan into 14 nanometer to intel 7 intel 4 intel 3 and then of the new Code and code Angstrom era Intel 20A. God, jeez. I can't even stop laughing at reading this out, to be honest. Like, just look at the picture. So, like, is what is what is there to say here? Is that they're they're just getting they're, they're, nothing's real. Nothing is real. That's what this means. Nothing is real. Everything is the Assassin's Creed motto, you know? No, that's that's not. Nothing is real, everything is permitted, or whatever. It's the Assassin's Creed. Uh, assassin's motto or whatever um <laughs> no I, I i'm probably misremembering that but it seems seems right but yeah so like intel is getting rid of the nanometer suffix to their processor marketing node naming process and they're going to like so intel 7 it was uh intel 7 previously referred to as enhanced super fin intel 4 previously referred to as 7 nanometer Intel 3, uh, power, let's just say power and area improvements. Uh, Intel 20A is the Angstrom era of, uh, semiconductor, which is like the, the next generation of Intel processes on the, on the, uh, ribbon fed, uh, architecture, right? With the power via interconnects. Ah, uh, yes, ribbon fed, the, um, sister site that's a little more CPU oriented to fet life. Yeah, so Intel, uh, <laughs> Intel is doing, doing marketing here. Um, it is confusing, yes. Uh, and you don't need to understand what these are, to be honest. What you need to understand is that Intel is going to be making like process no changes. And the only way to really review these is to review the performance. That is all that matters. The naming is confusing. And yes, it is hard for people to understand what is a better processor. Is this a better one? Is this a worse one? Like, what is what is a processor? Like, it's 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 just marketing. You gotta be like, just go look at Gamers Nexus videos if you if you really wanna understand understand the depths of this. Last bit is we're gonna end with a classic Shades of Brown bingo card uh, topic. We're gonna have some uh, hashtag Electron Discord. It's been a minute. It's been a while since we've had, we've talked about Electron on this podcast. It's, I, I can't remember the last time, to be honest. So it's it's been a, it's been a while. One one password uh, released the an early access version of the next major version of their software. One password is a password manager for Mac OS. Uh, well, not not I guess not with eight, but primarily a, one, a Mac OS password manager. They released a new uh, early access version, one password eight. And it is uh, an Electron application. Chilisa, I I'm not a one password user. I'm not invested in the in the ecosystem uh, of one password. No, I don't pay. I don't have that. I don't use their software at all. So uh, my opinion on this is that Electron will give them flexibility for development and multi-platform access easier. Uh, but what is your take on this? Well, how you feel about this development? So. 
One password became venture funded and decided that cross platform development is the way to go. That's usually how it happens. You get 100 million VC funding and then you switch to a cross platform technology. Happens all the time, right? Happens all the fucking time. But specifically, my take on this is I'm not mad they switch to something cross platform. That is not what bothers me. What bothers me here is they were like, we had either do Swift UI or Electron, and we picked Electron, which doesn't make sense to me because. There's AppKit, there's UIKit, there's a Catalyst app. Like, I, I, I don't get why rebuilding it in SwiftUI was the thing. Because even SwiftUI, you can't do everything yet. That's why you have compatibility layers to drop back to AppKit or UIKit when need be. Like, it's not ready for prime time, which is why it's not the major thing being pushed right now. It's still like a nascent technology. So I don't get why we're just only doing a, a, a Electron here. Like, yes. It brings you a native Linux app, sure. At the same time, though, there were um, there were really great browser extensions that ran in Firefox and and Chrome that would basically give you the full feature functionality. So I get I get why they're trying to roll back their SKUs, but why not just do Qt, right? Because Electron doesn't net you a mobile version. Like it's you don't get that. You still have to have your you know your React native UI for it. Right, they are unifying desktop versions. They're unifying desktop versions under one. Basically, and they could have done that with QT though. They could have done that with QT and gotten. They could have done that with QT, but Electron is probably easier. I think it's easier because they're probably going to rewrite their mobile apps to React Native. Like that's my best guess is that um probably React on a desktop and then it'll probably just do React Native and and go mobile there and just try and plug in whatever need be. But I don't know. The CPU overhead is. I guess you know you know what you know what. With M1, does it really matter nowadays? Like, I guess, I guess that's the thing. Okay, CPU is the one thing that matters. I mean, CPU is the one thing that is the problem with Electron apps, right? Like, I think, I think the reason Electron apps like kill your battery is not because they use more RAM; it's because they use more CPU, right? To do the same. Well, well, M1 is more efficient, is what I'm saying. So, like, since they're giving an overhead in M1, does it really matter on the Mac side? Because the problem was, Discord used to make your fan spin up and your processor get hot. Like, that was the annoying bit, and it would kill your battery life. But with M1 here, like, does it actually matter, I guess? Like, there's a UI stuff, but I don't know. Maybe maybe this is me just giving up. Maybe I just give up now. You know, companies are going to still keep pushing for Electron. It's just going to happen. So you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Just give me a native M1 build, I guess. And, you know, I will... I don't know. I, I'm I'm tired of arguing about Electron. I'm throwing my hat in the ring, I guess. This is this is be publicly giving up on the Electron discourse. Maybe this is not what you expected here, but I I don't like it, but I think this is like um this is like uh this is like people who still use IRC, you know? Like do I do I would I still love to be on IRC? Sure. Do the realities of the world I live in make me not be able to do that? Yeah, and do I just kinda have to live with it and grumble? Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm old. I'm old is what I'm saying. And I'm accepting defeat here. And you know what? Fuck it. Fine. It's Electron. It's not native. I'm sure, sure. You know, kids these days don't know what native UI is. You know, kids. I mean, I, I, I think uh, Jason Snell's thoughts. On, I think our, it's Jason Snell's like, the Electron is not like really the problem. The root problem is that like one password is, originally was a Mac-ass Mac app, right? Like a Mac-forward software developer, I guess, as Jason said. Uh, and they have simply decided, like, the Mac is not worth a native 
version anymore, right? I think that is the saddest, the saddest part of this is that not that it is an Electron app because the Electron app is, yeah, it's not great, but like the, the, the thing that's like really at the root of this is that it spells out like uh, agile bits, like priorities, right? So then, like Android and iOS apps are built with native platform frameworks, right? So iOS, like I, they're, they're using Swift UI for the new iOS version, right? And like the, the, the they're not going to use Swift UI on the Mac either, Mac, Mac, Mac as well, because they thought a Swift UI on the Mac is not good enough for some reason. Uh, like it is like agile bits is uh, like, like they, I mean, it's one of one of password is one of those things that I always like from from in the past. Uh, like from you heard from Mac OS users all the time is like one password is great. Like I, I love everybody's like one password is such a good Mac app. Right? Like uh, you told me everybody else. I, every time one password gets brought up in a in a story about uh, talk about native Mac apps, right? Like that that are really good. So I think that is the saddest part, right? Like it's that one password having like this history of of making good Mac apps, native Mac apps. And like and not being a native Mac app sort of you know kind of kills it kills it sort of like the one unique thing it had going for it right I guess is it was that uh, well and I guess the the thing is too where's the money at right like I, I imagine if they look at where they make their money on subscriptions probably mobile right like I I, I would imagine this is probably why LastPass has been making all the weird changes they've been making because as much as me and you and our audience for sure will grumble about these changes. If you look at the wide population of people, how much, how many people who primarily use a desktop computer and pay for these are like the user base, right? Like, I, I actually think it's very small. Yeah, no, I, 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 I know, I, I don't think like one, like one, like Agile Bits is making a stupid decision. Like, I don't think it's, a, it's a, on their part, I think it is a very smart decision. They have consolidated desktop platforms. Code bases, rather, right, to into one set of one code base for where they can make specific uh, OS versions, desktop OS versions, and they have a native, two native code bases for iOS and Android, and from them they have consolidated, right? They, for them, it's an efficient move here. Like this is efficient to have, like Electron be the desktop platform, and have native be the mobile platform, right? And mobile is probably, as you mentioned, where their money is. But they're making the subscription money, and like subscription, and and this is another thing, right? Like th- with this version, they're going subscription only, and not like you can't have local password vaults, as 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 far as I understand, right? Like is that? Can you confirm that? I'm not like actually. Yep, yep. You have to use this with a one password subscription. Yeah, it says you. The, they're dropping local vaults and going subscription only, which is also another. Like that's actually a bigger deal to me personally than one password going in Electron app. Like, it, like if it, the not having local vaults is a big deal. Like that is like a that's a substantial like like business plan. Like they have been moving towards a subscription thing, but they just dropping local vaults entirely means that your entire business is like based on your cloud service and your subscription service. So uh, this is a complete switch and. Uh, they are saying it's not really VC related, but I cannot shake the fact feeling that this is like one of those things where the VCs are like, okay, so how are you going to make a return on the investment, right? Like the hundred million dollars does not, does not come for free, bro. Like that's, that's not, that's not how that works. The hundred million investors are going to be like, Hey, where, how are you planning on? having a sustainable recurring revenue model. Like what is your recurring revenue model? And this is the recurring revenue model. This is this is this is the one password. 
so there, there, there's there is that. I, I'm not I'm not like, I'm not sad about it to be honest because as I said, I'm not a one password user, and I, but I can see why people are a little bit angry and a little bit sad. Uh, it's also amazing though that that apple that the person who works on the passwords for safari basically tweeted out saying oh hey yeah uh we the password manager is now its own app in uh mac os 15 or mac os 12 and and by the way we are adding import features so you can import from one passwords and other things to our native you know official password manager and honestly i think it's probably most people who care are probably gonna go um so for context, just because of it makes things easier when I'm troubleshooting stuff at work. I have all my passwords in Apple's own password manager. Um, just like if I have to when I'm for some work stuff. So um, I've already been using it, and like I'll probably just switch to that because I mean the if I was going to use an, like another operator, like if I got a framework computer, right, I'd probably wouldn't switch to one password. I'd probably switch to Bitwarden or something more um, or KeyPass or whatever. Yeah, the Bit, Bit, Bitwarden is what I use. Um, so. Bitwarden is what I switched to from when LastPass, LastPass kind of changed their business model and became kind of shit, to be honest. Uh, Bitwarden is actually like, if you're looking for a password manager and you don't want to, you don't care about a native app uh, on, on desktop, like if you, you find with web, like a web extension, like Bitwarden is much better than LastPass. Uh, trust me. Uh, or I mean, honestly, if you're looking for a password manager, you should probably just start with the one that's built into your operating system. Like this is one something you really don't have to pay for unless you do cross-platform stuff. Sure. But if you are go, I, I, I mean, I don't recommend like, like just for cross-platform reasons, like, uh, I don't recommend like the OS builds or the browser builds, uh, password managers for that reason. Uh, I keep recommending something external, like a Bitwarden, which supports like web extensions and has native apps on iOS and Android. Uh, so you know, Bitwarden is my recommendation. I'm sure people have others. Uh, there, that's our that's our uh, uh, episode for this week. Uh, we ended on a sort of a down. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was a down note, but you know, not not the best uh, best best ending to an episode, I suppose. But you know, it is what it is. It is, it is electron. Electron runs the world now, apparently. Uh, so the yeah, as always, show notes for all of this is on twoshadesofbrown.com. You can send us feedback. Uh, feedback at twoshadesofbrown.com. If you somebody who has a framework laptop, I'd love to hear from you. What, what how you using it? What are you using it for? I would love to see some pictures, maybe you know, cool stuff like that. Uh, how you feel? How are people feeling about uh, one password? Uh, I, mean, I think we have a few Mac users in our listener base for sure. Uh, so you know, let us know. Uh, and you can find me on Mastodon at packetkettle104.social and my website sonicsafe.com, which has all the other links and shows uh, where do people find you on the internet these days. So I've been binge watching all of Naruto, which is probably bad. It's probably not good, you know. It's it's an absolute waste of time. Um, but you know, it's like it's like it's good. It's it's comfort food, you know. It's it's comfort food. And um, I don't think I'm gonna bring back the anime review channel or anime review segment because that's only dedicated to Love Live, especially the Nijisaki anime when that comes back for season two. But um, yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's been an anime corner out here recently. Um, I've been hearing a lot of discourse recently as well about the Mastodon iOS app. It is garbage. It's bad. If you made it. If you if you made that sign up process, you should feel bad. Oh, if you, uh, I wrote a blog, I wrote a blog post about it. <laughs> if you want to read it, 
go to asinine.tech.com and it's a good uh, blog post. It is a good blog blog post. post. But by the way, but like I'm saying, if you if you listen to the show and you specifically worked on that sign up flow, you made bad choices, and I do want you to know that you specifically had a sign up button and did not explain shit about what you're signing up for. Um, listen, whatever that loud you're on, please send some my way because I would love to be that blasted as well while writing an onboarding flow. Um, you know, this is like, uh, like I'm pretty sure I look in the source code, the login and the sign up button actually both go to the exact same place in the code path and they're just there for shits and giggles. Like that's actually my interpretation of it. Um, besides that, you can find me online at chosefine at, uh, twitter.xyz, chosefine on Twitter and my website, chosefine.website, which is now built. Oh, you did WordPress. build it? I actually made it. it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I actually, I, I it actually is a website. Oh, okay. um, I'm using that's, the default WordPress good. theme. It's really ain't much. It really ain't much. Uh, but Okay, you know, no, no, it's a step. You know, it's it's there. It's a step, yeah. We're getting motivated again. Um, but until then, um, bye, and please get vaccinated. Yes, please go vaccinated. Bye. <laughs>